0: Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Well, we're in week four of our resilience series. When you press through trials and tribulations and forgetting the mic and you stay resilient and go keep going. Um, <laughs> resilient... Uh, Rohib, in our worship, touched on this word and the meaning of it and the importance of it in our world today. Resilient means to be able to spring back into shape after bending, stretching, or being compressed. These are often challenging times right now as you look at what's happening in our world from wars and rumors of wars to drought to Famines, to inflation rising, to interest rates rising, to your uh, ability to spend and buy things seemingly shrinking, pressure bending, maybe bending you out of shape, stretching you, hard pressing on you. And Jesus talked about this in Matthew 7 times like this that stretch you, that come storming into your life. In Matthew chapter 7, he said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it didn't fall. Say, didn't fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. Jesus said that he is Building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He's building his people and the gates of hell, the storms of life, the challenges that would come against us will not prevail against his church, his people. And through the battering of a storm, through the challenges that we live in, we can not only uh, barely make it, we can stand firm and be resilient in the middle of it all. We can be more resilient facing challenges, times of trials, times of difficulty, times of pain, times of pressure, times of floods, times of shaking, and come out on the other side with some measure of growth, health, and success. Resilient. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would open our eyes to see and our ears to hear. Thank you for the power of your word that is quick, that shines a light onto us. Thank you, for the Holy Spirit, that you are here that you will cause it to come alive to us, for us as an individual, for each and every one of us, in the strong name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Have you ever experienced when something is small and over time it becomes much, much bigger? Like for me, it's often when I have just a handful of chips while I'm reading that book, and then suddenly I realized I ate the 500-gram bag in around three minutes. (laughs) Or like that time when your spouse said, uh, you asked your spouse, I should say, is is there anything wrong? And they said, nothing, nothing. And you made this mistake to say, are you sure? (laughs) Or maybe when you've just intended to play one game of Smash Bros., and you suddenly look up and realize it's 3 a.m. and you're still playing. If you don't know what that is, you're probably not playing it. Or when a tiny baby that you had was so small, as in our house. I can remember Alexandra being so small. And now she's having a little baby of her own. So it was small became big. You have a spouse that's a hunter and they say, I just need one more thing. I just need one more thing I'm going to buy. If you know Daniel, it's only gets more and more. Or you have someone who loves to shop and they say, hey, come with me. It won't take very long at all. Or maybe you, have you ever thought that you've been treated by, when you're treated by a doctor, that there was a time that they didn't even know their times tables. If you've ever walked 10 kilometers, it all started with a small step. If you have a golf shot off by just a few degrees, you're probably golfing like me and regularly doing a double bogey. But all of us are, there are times when we likely feel that we are too small or that we don't have enough or that where we're going is too small or the things that are happening in our life are happening too slowly for us or not at all. I remember when I had lost a job and for 9 months I looked knocked on doors, put out resumes. This was before the internet, so you had to look in the newspaper when it came out on Wednesday, go down to the place where they had jobs or they said they would but they didn't. And for 9 months I could not find a job except a little thing here and there to to just supplement us a little bit so we could barely survive. And I felt small and I felt insignificant and I felt hopeless at times. Some of us have small times and small things and small movement. Maybe all you have is a small business idea that you've had for a long time and it's never moved beyond that. Or maybe you realize that you have very small hope for the reconciliation of your family to happen. Or you feel so small as you start day one of your recovery journey again. Again? Or you have such a small bank account, you're like, I don't know how this is ever going to help me get out of the financial mess that I'm in. Or maybe you're starting at the bottom of a new job when you feel like I'm qualified for this and and this is a story of many immigrants who are qualified at this but then have to go way lower and maybe be a janitor or a taxi driver or something much less than they've been trained in in their country of origin. Maybe you feel your vision is getting smaller and smaller and there are hopes that you had that now just seem a million miles away, so small. And in moments like that, we can begin to say things perhaps like, God, what are you doing? Where are you at? I thought that you would shift things by now. I thought that this situation would change by now. I have been waiting for so long. I've been contending for so long, and yet it seems like nothing is happening. So, what does God say to people who feel like they're small? Feel like what they have is small. Feel like the movement is slower than it should be. Starting with small beginnings, seeming little progress, little strength, little resource, little, small. First Kings in chapter 18 and 41 to 46 is a story and we're going to pick up the story partway through. And we touched on this a few weeks ago, the, the second part of this, but now we're going to do the preamble. So this is a story about a prophet named Elijah, it happened several thousand years ago. It's in the Old Testament, about that far through, if you want to look at it or in your, in your uh, phone. And Elijah had one of these moments in God, and we're going to talk to right now. But it started for him, He has, he had to stand to the king and say that, there was going to be no rain until he said that it would again, And that was at the word of the Lord. And for three and a half years, there had been no rain at all. And things were uh, in really, really rough shape. There was a drought. Uh, the animals were dying. There was hardly any blades of grass. They were going from place to place to survive. And it was all connected to the people of God had disobeyed and walked away from God and rejected God. And, it, and the drought was intended to bring them back to God because God's way is the best way. And in moments like that, they, were, they, had, they had come to this pinnacle moment on a mountain where they, there was a, a trial, if you will, between the false God, Baal, and, and God, Jehovah. And the one who answered by fire was the true God. And they, were, they went through a whole story. You can read it. On, but at the end of it all, God showed up in a powerful way and, and showed up through fire. And, and the people said, oh, God, he is the Lord. And they began to turn back to him. And in this moment, we pick it up here where it says, Elijah said to Ahab, the king, go eat and drink for there's a the sound. Someone say there's sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel. not not a Carmel, but Mount Carmel bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There was nothing there. Somebody say nothing. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, a heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Elijah took note that the people had turned and he went up on the mountain and he prayed and he saw and heard something through the eyes of faith and through the eyes of his heart that was not actually happening. He said, I hear the sound of rain. But we know he did not hear that in the natural because there was not even a cloud in the sky at that moment. So sometimes God wants to attune us to things that are happening, and often there are things happening that you're not aware of right now, simply because in your natural mind, with your natural eyes, with your natural understanding, with your natural perspective, you're not picking up on, I'm not picking up on, what God might be doing in the middle of it all. So even in that moment when he said that, I hear the sound of of rain, he did not actually hear it, but he was seeing something that was not even there yet, but through the eyes of faith, all he had was a sense of promise that God was up to something. And if we're going to be resilient, we have to understand the times and the progression of life. Number one, what time is it? First, sometimes you're in, it's nothing time. Some of you are like, yeah, I know what that's like. Haven't we all had those moments where we're in a struggle or we're in a challenge and we feel like nothing we do is working. Nothing we do is changing the situation. Maybe you've had your own private conversation with Jesus. I thought you asked me to start this business and nothing is happening. I thought you asked me to stay in and believe for this marriage and nothing is happening. I thought you asked me to start this university career and it seems like nothing is happening. You asked me to start this ministry or plant this church yet all I can see is that nothing is happening. I keep trying to find a different job or a better job but nothing is happening. I keep praying that that situation in my physical body will change yet it seems like nothing is happening. Has anybody ever had a time where you felt like nothing is happening? Is there any real people in the room? There are times when nothing is happening and it's times like this that we might be tempted to just bull on ahead, but there are also times to just pause for a moment. Pause. There are times when things, where God wants to adjust us and redirect us in the moments of nothingness. The Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 16 was a great preacher and he would go from city to city, travel all around, like going up into Prince George and not actually, but going to Prince George and heading towards Calgary, maybe even going as far as Manitoba. That's a miracle right there. But he would be going and he would be doing what God had called him to do, to preach the word of the Lord. But it says in Acts chapter 16, he came to a certain place, the border of Mycenae, and he tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow him to. And during, the, and he, came, he went to another place and he was kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching. What is going on? I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but God is putting a roadblock in front of me right now. God is not allowing me to preach. God is not allowing me to step into that moment right there. Could it be? Here we go. So he passed by that. Mycia went down to Troas. I'm blocked here. Jesus won't allow me there. Nothing. But during the night, Paul had a vision of a man from another area, Macedonia, standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, he got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach. During the night, in the dark, in the nothing, Sometimes Jesus is closing a door to you so he can open up something new for you. So it's important in nothing times that we don't always just bull our way ahead, but we stop and pause, and it's so important to ask Jesus, what's going on in this moment right now? Be open to what new opportunity might be opening. But for our purposes today, let's assume that you're standing on a promise that God's asked you to stand on that you're believing for something that he's made clear for you to believe for. But it seems like it's nothing time. You know, for me, when I said at the beginning, there's those moments for nine months, nothing was happening for me in trying to find a job. And literally on the last possible moment, the last possible week for things to break open for me, I had applied for a job and someone called me up that I had applied for. I didn't know anybody as far as I knew in this company. And the person called me and then they, said, they asked me my name and I told them, they said, do you know Rob Miller? I was like, yeah, it's my brother. And when, it's, when you're a Miller, you always got to answer that question carefully. <laughs> Honestly, though, my brother Rob had gone to university with this guy. And he said, oh, well, come on in and let's have a chat. And so ended up, I started into, in a place that had been nothing, a place that I had no clue of what to do or how to do it. In that moment, God came alongside and I stepped into a totally different area of work that I'd never worked in, private, private, social, uh, social work. And it literally changed and amplified the direction of, and leadership of my life. And in that moment though, there was nothing happening. Nothing times can be discouraging times. Nothing times can break your courage. They can knock the life out of you. They can cause you to give up. They can seemingly crush your spirit and your hope. Nothing. But nothing times are not the only time. And a way out of nothing times. But Elijah, seven times Elijah said, go back and check again. There's Nothing time that needs to move to persistence time. If you're going to be resilient, you can't stay in nothing times, but you move into persistence time. Seven times he prayed. This was stubbornly persistent prayer. It was as if Elijah would not take no for an answer because he had known what God had said. He was standing in confidence that it was God's will to send rain. He stubbornly furthered the plan and the will of God by his persistent prayer. God promised this, I'm praying it in. I know what he's called me to do. I know what he's asked for me. I am gonna stand on God's promise and go back and check again. Yeah, but nothing's changed. Go back and check again. Go in and pray some more. It could be so easy to lose heart at times. And Jesus wants us to know that he understands He understands that our lives can sometimes be challenging and sometimes cause us to even faint and lose heart and give up. In Luke 18 and one, and Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart or not give up. Have you ever lost heart before? Are you losing heart? Jesus knew that we needed to be encouraged to pray and to not lose heart. How do we lose heart in what God has promised to us? Because sometimes we can still be present, but have lost heart. We lose heart when we are discouraged and we no longer pray and persevere like we once did. We can lose heart when we are waiting for God to do what he has promised to do. We can lose heart when it's hard work and we didn't anticipate that it would be so. We can lose heart when we experience the opposition of Satan. We can lose heart when we're not convinced that God is good. We can lose heart when we're weary. We can lose heart when we feel all alone. But don't give up, even if it seems small or insignificant today. Seven times Elijah said, go back. Yeah, but there's nothing. Go back. There's still nothing. Go back. Some of us might need to resurrect some persistence through the power of Jesus inside of us again. You might be so down right now. Persist through discouragement. Don't give up on that business idea. Persist through. Don't give up on that marriage yet. Persist through. Don't give up on your son or your daughter or your parent yet. Persist through. Nothing time, persistence time, and then finally, a small beginning time. A cloud, small as a man's hand, started rising up from the Sea of Galilee over the water, so tiny, so insignificant, particularly when you hold it in contrast to three and a half years of no rain. One little cloud, what difference is that gonna make? One little shift, what difference is that going to make? One session of counseling, what difference is that going to make? One step of faith, what difference is that going to make? One more prayer, what difference is that going to make? Small things can have huge impact. That's why it's so important to persist through the nothing stage. So important to continue to persist until you see the small little cloud, the signs of a shift beginning to happen. And then Elijah says, Oh, Ahab, hitch up your chariot. You better go now because it's going to be raining so much, you're not going to make it back. All that had happened was a cloud had begun to grow. A little bit of wind began to pick up and a small little bit of rain began to come. But he saw it's turning. It's turning. I might be in a nothing time, but I'm going to move into persistence time. And I might be persisting right now because I know that there's a small beginning time that is going to begin to shift things in a way that I could never anticipate right now. If God had shown me right now, I would not even believe it. But I'm continuing to believe for my marriage. I'm continuing to believe for that business. I'm continuing to believe for my finances. I'm continuing to believe for God's promise for my son. I'm continuing to believe for the addicted to be set free. I'm continuing to believe for a city to be changed. I'm continuing to believe for a nation to be changed. A small shifting, not underestimating what can happen with one small step of obedience as God begins to move us. A drought was turning into a deluge and clouds were growing and wind was rising and rain was beginning to fall. Don't quit now. Don't give up today. Sometimes you just have to say, I'll quit tomorrow. And you get there, it is today, so you can't quit. So then you say again, I'll quit tomorrow. And then you'll get there and repeat as necessary. What if Elijah gave up at the, there is nothing time? What if he gave up at that persistent prayer number three? He didn't know it was going to take seven. He didn't know if it would take 10. He didn't know how long it would take. Small things. Yes, it's early days. Small odds and so many challenges. Little money, and so many needs. Small strength and big issues. But small shifts, small shifts are happening. Like a dike holding water, holding back water, it only takes a small crack to open it up. And then suddenly what has been held back is unleashed. Yeah. But a small thing, one more, don't give up, even if it seems small and insignificant today. There's the Old Testament prophet, prophet Zerubbabel. In the book of Zechariah, we read about him who was trying to rebuild the temple. They had been in for many years, 70 years have been in captivity. They came back and they were rebuilding the temple that had been destroyed. And he had laid the foundation. And says this, that the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands also shall finish it. For who has despised the day of small things? Someone say small things. It was definitely a day of small things for Zerubbabel. Because what we're not told there, but we know as we read through it that the work of the temple lay in ruins for almost 20 years. He had laid the foundation, but for 20 years, nothing had moved beyond that. He might have said to God, what do you mean day of small things? I've had 20 years of day of small things. Even so, God told Zerubbabel to not despise the time of small things and to consider it all as just a day. Only in God can you do that. For who has despised the day of small things? Zachariah's question rings true for us today. Almost every one of us could answer, I've despised the day of small things. The question, though, provides its own answer. None of us should despise the day of small things because God is at work in what he has promised, even when it's difficult to understand a cloud the size of a man's hand, only a foundation, small beginnings, small things, small. But in many who God uses mightily, he often uses a powerful season of small things. These days are not a mistake, nor are they punishment. They are days of priceless shaping and preparation. They are not days To despise. And when Satan tempts us to despise the day of small things, it's because he doesn't despise the day of small things. In fact, he fears the day of small things. Because he knows that out of small things in God come great things through a God who does them in you and brings them out through you. And the days of small things set you up for great things. And when you go through the nothing time, when you go through the time of persistence, when you go through the time of small things as you stand in, know that small things are what make kings. Small things become great things as you stand in and see what God might do. Do not despise despise the day of small things. What seems small today is not the end of the story. God rejoices when we step out and begin to do what he's asked us to do and stand in and pray when he's asked us to pray. He rejoices because he is right there with us to be resilient in God. Don't give up even when it seems small or insignificant. Worship team, if you can make your way back. If you asked this earlier, have you ever lost heart before? Are you fighting to stay engaged in nothing time? Are you in a time of just persistence and not seeing, all you're seeing is resistance and not release. But there is power in starting small. Scripture says this, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in big things. The fact is, big things always come from small beginnings. I was talking with someone this morning who's moved into law school, but they had to take the step of taking the LSATs. Take that first small step. And in the context, it was a big step, but in the context of a law career, it's a small step. And when you start something that God puts in your heart, it might seem small right now. But your ability to handle small things will determine your ability to handle great things. If we can handle the small things, we can handle the big things. And let me encourage you today in whatever time you are walking in, whether it's a nothing time, or it's a persistent time, or you're just in the budding out of small things time, don't give up what even seems small and insignificant today. I think of the young shepherd boy, David, famous story of David and Goliath, the guy, a little boy and a big giant. And David was facing a giant called Goliath who was determined to kill him, to enslave his family, to enslave his friends and the nation. David didn't have armor that worked for him. He didn't have great soldier skills, but in 1 Samuel 17, it says, then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. God directed David to a small stream to pick up some small stones. And this small boy defeated a giant of a man. So encouraging, if you're in small places right now, that because of Jesus, there's giant killers in the room. People who will, for the first time in their family, slay the giant. Of alcoholism, for people who will slay the giant of abandonment, people who will slay because of the power of Jesus, anxiety, people who will slay the giant of pain and sickness, people who will slay the giant of lack and not enough, people who will slay the giant of fear and unbelief. There's giant killers. And I look to the New Testament. There was a large crowd that had followed Jesus, thousands of them. And it came time for lunch and realized they didn't have anything. It was too far to go get and they didn't have money to buy it. Jesus said, what do you have? The disciples had no food either, but there was nothing. Oh, there's a boy here. It he five barley loaves, two fish. But what are they for so many? There's nothing here. What are you talking about? But by the touch of Jesus, that small lunch from a small boy, became a large feast for thousands of people. Don't give up, even if it seems small or insignificant. God's provision will be there for His vision. So, whenever you feel small or lack, whether you're just starting a career, building a business, starting a ministry, praying for a lost one, trying to recover from a setback, a divorce, brokenness, waiting on a prayer, under the press of discouragement. Don't give up, even if it seems small or insignificant today. Philippians 1 says this, I will always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What God begins in you and for you God will complete. God is not a quitter. God does not do things halfway. He does not set you on a path and say, it's up to you now. He didn't bring you this far to leave you. It's an old song. He didn't teach you to swim, to let you drown. He didn't redeem you to abandon you. He didn't call you a son or a daughter to leave you. And whatever space or place you're in, whether it's an nothing time, whether it's a persistence time where you're just hanging in there, whether it's a small budding of hope, wherever you are, know that he who started it will finish it. The clouds are growing, the wind is rising, the rain is starting. Imagine the impact on your future if you didn't quit that trade school or university. Imagine what might happen in your marriage if somehow you got to a counselor instead of a lawyer. Imagine the eternal difference if you just kept on praying for that loved one who is far from God three times, four times, 54 times, 106 times, five years, 10 years, 20. Would it be worth it to see them turn? What great things could happen if we step out and try that business idea? How different would your life look if you took one small step, just start, towards the dream that God's put on your heart? How much better would your life look instead of giving up on your recovery because you fell, that you grabbed somebody and said, will you go with me to NA or AA? Or maybe Al-Anon. Whether you were in a nothing time or a persistence time, or a small things time, don't give up, even if it seems small or insignificant today. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house yet it did not fall because it has its foundation on the rock, Jesus. I'm going to pray. We're going to go into this song in a moment, but I'm going to pray and close out. Jesus, we look to you. When days are small, when things are difficult, when the pressure is on us, We look to you. In times where nothing seems to be working, nothing seems to be moving, nothing seems to be shifting, we look to you. We acknowledge our absolute desperate need for you, King Jesus. We need you. And Lord, thank you that even in the midst of shaking, there's a stability that's found in you. There's a security that's found in you. There's a hope that's found in you. There's power that's found in you. We're not in this alone, but you are with us. And if you're in the room or you're watching later in the week and you don't know Jesus, it's very, very simple to invite Jesus to be the forgiver and leader of your life. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need to build my life on you. Would you forgive my sin? Would you come in and lead my life and begin a journey with Jesus? Christ is our firm foundation. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.